You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily Florida State Seminoles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Seminoles podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Wayne Gahey III, Florida State beat writer for the Tallahassee Democrat. And we've got a lot to talk about today. Florida State is taking on Boston College at 3.30 on Saturday with a... uh, with a shot at the bowl at a bowl game on the line, Florida State has to win the last two games to uh, to get there, and we're uh, we're going to talk about what uh, what Willie Taggart and Harlan Barnett said over the past two days because those were the only two uh, people related to Florida State that spoke. None of the defensive players elected to speak with the uh, the media this week, so we didn't get to talk to any defensive players. A couple offensive players talked uh, th- three. Offensive players talked, but uh, Harlan Barnett and Willie Taggart were the only two that spoke uh, over the past couple of days, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, I'm also going to discuss one of the, the funnier moments I've, uh, I've really ever seen at a Florida State football practice, and then I'm also going to answer, answer some questions about um, uh, that, that were sent in via Twitter. For those of you who don't know who I am. I'm the Florida State beat writer for the Tallahassee Democrat. I got this job in August of 2016. I've covered Florida State for each of the last four seasons. And I uh, I cover football, baseball, basketball, and recruiting. We'll talk a little bit about recruiting and where things stand with Florida State uh, in this podcast as well. So it's going to be a little bit of everything, um, but we're going to jump right into it. So Florida State takes on Boston College today, and or today on, on Saturday at three thirty p.m. Uh, on ESPN two, and you know Willie Taggart and his coaching staff and the entire team basically understand what's at line or what's at stake on uh, on Saturday. Florida State has to win this one and next one um, in order to get bowl eligible for the thirty seventh straight year. So. It's um it's it's going to be a really tough task. Boston College is ranked twenty second in the country. There's you know there's a lot of uh, it's it's going to be really tough for Florida State to to find a way to do this. But today we talked to Willie Taggart for about seven uh, about seven minutes, and he um he said some things that I thought were were at least a little bit interesting and. They backed up, um, not really backed up, but they kind of piggybacked off of what uh, Harlan Barnett said on Wednesday, and it's basically that Florida State's having a lot of success on on the practice fields. They're, they're doing things right. They're not making mistakes like they are in um, in games, and it's just not translating to the field. Now, when Barnett was asked about it, he said he—I mean, basically—he just came in, came out and said that he has absolutely, or not absolutely, but he has no idea why that happens. He's asked his players, he's asked his coaching staff. They're just—you um, know—they're not really figuring. They haven't really figured out what exactly that um, what exactly the issues are in this situation. So it's—you know—it's kind of. It's it's definitely interesting to to, uh, to think about why things aren't translating. Um, you know, I, I wrote a story about it today, and a lot of the responses I've seen have been that you know, Florida State is playing better, you know, a, a better team every Saturday than the one they put on the practice fields, and that's you know that's definitely a legitimate option. Um, you know, I think that Florida State's you know obviously this season isn't 
hasn't gone the way it's supposed to go. Florida State's run game and offensive line isn't giving Florida State's defense and defensive line a good look when it comes to stopping the run. And now you could argue that maybe they're, uh, they're, what they're seeing in practice is a, is a lot easier than what they're seeing on Saturdays. And that, that makes sense. But that doesn't change like the, you know, the lining up properly, the, in the penalties. You know, Florida State only had five penalties against uh, Notre Dame, but they had to call three timeouts in the first half to avoid penalties. Um, you know, Florida State's still the second worst or second most penalized team in college football, averaging 9.3 penalties per game. They, they, they just continue to make mistakes, and it's, it's, it's the same mistakes, but different guys are making them. And I just really... Um, Willie about that today and just why, you know, why he believes that's, that's the issue. And he said that, um, it, it's, that that's, that's the frustrating part that the just team just hasn't played consistently enough that, you know, with everyone on the same page and, you know, it it could be a false start and every single one of Florida state's offensive linemen have, uh, offensive linemen have, have committed a false start. Um, covering up a potential wide receiver, you know, that's just lining up improperly. And it's, it continues to be an issue. And it's, you know, it could be one wide receiver, it could be another. And then, you know, the next time it could be an offensive uh, offensive lineman. It's just the way, you know, the way Florida State season goes, it, it's, but those are issues that should be, that should be cleaned up by now. You know, the, those are issues that Florida State not lining up properly shouldn't be happening 10 games into the season, right? And, you know, some of it comes with Florida State's trying to implement new things. Florida State went under center for the first time all season long against Notre Dame um, to somewhat a little bit of a uh, success, maybe not on the goal line, but, you know, a little bit of success when they went under center. And it's, you know, I mean, maybe you explain it that way, but a lot of the, or almost all of the, you know, lining up penalties have come when Florida State's in the shotgun. And, the wide receivers or tight ends not uh, not getting up on the line or getting back off the line or covering up a tight end or the offensive tackle being you know too deep in their set it's it's just been so many different issues by so many different players that it's got to be frustrating for coach Taggart and his staff because and you know we know that they go over them like they're not going to say hey you guys are lining up properly and then you know never discuss it again despite penalties um you know we, we know that they've that they've gone over it. We know that they go over it in, in practice and in film review. And, you know, they apparently they get it right on the practice field, but they just can't translate it to the field. And honestly, I don't know why that's the case. Maybe guys are just freezing up. Maybe it's just, you know, the moment is too big for them um, on Saturdays when, you know, when the game's on the line and it's tight games early in the games. Because most of these penalties happen when Florida State's, you know, in, in position to to still stay in games uh, against Notre Dame. I mean, Florida State was down fourteen nothing before they could blink their eyes. You know that that was just horrendous. Um, but you know, in, in a lot of these games, Florida State's getting down early, but it's because you know mistakes are being made by the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, penalties and turnovers, and it's just. You know, I watch practice, or at least the part of practice that we're allowed to watch. And it doesn't look like Florida State's, you know, screwing up a lot out there. It's hard to see, 
because you know they do do they do a lot during the early portion of practice, but they don't you know line up eleven on eleven. We don't get to see that, but you know they do line up on offense and you know try and run drills down the field where they're making sure they're lined up properly. Like that's one of the things that they do, like consistently every single practice is the offense all eleven get up on the line and run plays down the field. Um, basically making sure they're lined up properly and making sure that they're running the right routes, um, you know, making sure they're on top of things. So I know that they work on it. It's just not translating the field. I, I don't understand why, um, you know, that's obviously the coaches still don't understand why that that continues to happen because it continues to happen. Um, so it's it's definitely something that Willie Taggart's going to have to get fixed. Maybe it just has to do with the new offense and guys just still don't get it. And Willie's going to have to go back to the drawing board this offseason and basically say, look, here's what you need to be and just practice. I mean, just spend like entire practices just lining up properly. And I, I know that seems like a waste of time, but at this point, it's it's not. You know, at, at this point, they're, um, you know, they're basically just... Uh, they're causing themselves a lot more issues than they should be. Florida State isn't a talented enough team to beat themselves and beat the other team, and sometimes beat the refs, depending on whether or not Jeff Flanagan is calling the Florida State game. So I thought that was you know really interesting from him, just talking about you know the um, just talking about how it's not translating from the field because I do believe that they are having some success on the practice field. You know, we I've seen them do things right on the practice field and it's just not translating over. So I, I thought that was quite interesting today when he said that, but I'm going to talk a little bit about recruiting in the next segment. I'm going to discuss Florida state's class where things stand with a number of guys. Um, just what I'm hearing on that subject. And then I'll answer questions in the final, uh, in the final segment. But before we get into that, are you sick and tired of paying for 20 channels you never watch when you just want to see your team win? Then you've got to check out Sling TV. Sling TV is the best way to watch college football, and $30 a month gets you ESPN, the Pac-12 Network, the SEC Network, and many, many more channels. You can stream on your big screen and all your favorite devices, and there's no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel any time. You know, Sling TV gives you the college football that you love only without the hassle of cable. So you've got to check out Sling TV. Locked On listeners can get a seven-day free trial by going to sling.com forward slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com forward slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. So go check out Sling TV and don't make the mistake of sticking with cable. Thanks for sticking with me as we head into this uh, second segment. We're going to talk a little bit about recruiting and what uh, what Florida State's got going on there, and a couple targets, a couple commitments, and um, we're going to get into that in just a second. Florida State currently sits at 16 commits right now. Akeem Dent leads the way. Um, Nick Cross, Sam Howell, Dante Lucas, Brendan Gant, Travis J. I mean, it's a good recruiting class right now. It currently sits uh, 10th nationally. So, you know, Florida State's... Um, they're doing all right. They're holding on to the guys that they need to hold on to, at, at least up to now. Um, you know, we're going to have to wait and see as the season goes on and the final two games happen. And, you know, if Florida State makes a bowl game, we'll have to, we'll, you know, we'll follow the recruiting in December and um, 
you know, we'll, we'll talk about that then. If Florida State doesn't make a bowl game, then the, you know, recruiting is really going to amp up because that's all Florida State's going to have in December because they won't have the extra 15 bowl practices. So, um, right now, Florida State's treading water. They're not really, you know, making any moves for any guys. You know, most of the recruiting that happens is going to happen after the season. A couple guys are coming in for official visits this weekend. Uh, Warchan is reporting that Derek Hunter, uh, Florida State commit Derek Hunter, is coming in for for an official visit. He hasn't been to Florida State since Saturday Night Live. And Jaden Hazelwood, the number one overall wide receiver in the country, is heading uh, is heading to Tallahassee for his official visit, his third official visit uh, of this cycle. I don't believe he's been to Florida State since Willie Taggart became the head coach. I believe he came uh, last April, not not this past April, but the April before that with the Cam Newton 7-on-17. That was quarterbacked by Georgia uh, commit, uh, or Georgia quarterback signee, uh, Justin Fields, who's now obviously playing at Georgia. I guess he's not a signee anymore. But, um, so, you know, they're still bringing in guys, but most of the recruiting that's going to happen over the next, most of the recruiting is going to happen once this regular season finally ends. You know, they're bringing in a few guys for Florida. Um, Sam Howell is coming in for Florida. And George Pickens, four-star wide receiver George Pickens, who is a more realistic shot uh, than Hazelwood, despite being committed to Auburn when Hazel, um, Hazelwood is already decommitted from Georgia. Um, Pickens is the more likely uh, wide receiver in the class. I'm not saying he's likely. I'm just saying he's the more likely than Jaden Hazelwood, despite Florida State getting him on campus. So, you know, Florida State's Florida State's still doing some things, but the bulk of the recruiting is going to come after the season. But Florida State's basically treading water right now. I mean, they're they're doing everything they can to hold on to some commits. They're try, still trying to sell the vision of Willie Taggart to these guys, despite the uh, the results on the field not really adding up. Um, you know, Florida State's four and four and six right now. We talked about that earlier in the first segment, and um, you know, they're basically you can't sell winning in a winning program when you're four and six. It just doesn't work that way. You know, it's, it's difficult to do. And right now, Florida state's just having to basically hold on to the guys that they have and hope that after the season, when they can get out and, and recruit and, you know, visit kids and they can sell the message in person to, uh, to those guys. Um, Nick cross committed to Florida state in September. Georgia has worked really hard to get him to flip, um, you know, he's the number 69 overall player in the country. Nice, but uh, it won't be so nice if he ends up flipping to Georgia. It's, you know, there's, at this point, you know, I'm not willing, I'm not ready to say that that's going to happen. I'm, I definitely think it could as, you know, Florida State comes out and loses the last two games and, you know, if Florida State comes out and loses the last two games and finishes four and eight, that message becomes really, really hard to sell. Um, and Cross is a is a really good player and a guy that I think can come in and contribute immediately, especially with Florida State's issues at safety right now. He's a guy he's very smart, and I believe he could come in and immediately contribute. Um, I do think there are more guy more than one guy. Um, that can come in and immediately contribute in the in the secondary, but I do think Cross is probably the most 
mentally and physically ready to come in and contribute immediately for Florida State in the secondary because um, he is such a smart guy, obviously. You know, Sam Howell, Florida State's done a really good job of keeping him in the mix. North Carolina and NC State are still in it, but Florida State's done a really good job of keeping Sam Howell. And we talked to him. He came for an uh, a visit, an unofficial visit, follow or for the Clemson game, and you know he's he still seemed to get the Florida State message. You know, it's he's a guy that's going to early enroll. He's going to sign early, and he's going to be on campus in January, ready to compete for that starting quarterback job. And, you know, judging by his comments, he believes he can come in and win it immediately as a, as a freshman. So that's obviously very enticing. Florida State's able to sell a lot of playing time um, at this point. So that's obviously enticing for him. Um, Charles Cross is, you know, Mississippi State's still hard after him. But yeah, he, I still believe he's going to end up in this class. Quayshon Fuller, Quayshon Fuller and Derek Hunter are both guys that, Really, I mean, you know, at the, at this point, Florida State's trying to build the culture, or trying to you know rebuild the program and the program culture by bringing in guys that don't really help the culture at Florida State. I don't think Fuller's a guy that's going to help that culture. I don't think Derek Hunter's a guy that's going to help that culture. Um, you know, Quayshon Fuller went to Florida last weekend, and he said it was nice to see a program that didn't. Uh, fold when they went down 17 points like Florida didn't do that exact same thing against Missouri so you know I mean he, he is he is who he is but you know we'll uh, we'll have to see if he sticks Kalen Deloach is you know Florida State's fighting with Auburn and Michigan to keep his commitment and then you know Renardo Green Michigan uh, not sure if Ohio State's still involved there but uh, he he almost committed to Ohio State at one point while committed to Florida State so there's there's a number of guys that Florida State's going to have to try and hold on to in order to keep this class together, uh, and then they obviously need to go out and land a bunch of a bunch of top tier guys. Um, you know, some of those guys have visited Florida State. They um, some of the obviously some of the guys have already visited Florida State. Florida State's kind of shot their shot with them. I mean, Kayvon Thibodeau comes to mind there, uh, number one overall player in the country. I guess he's number two now. He got dropped down to the number two overall player in the country. Um, but he visited Florida State for the Virginia Tech game. Basically, Florida State had this one, at least from what I've heard, had this one locked up as long as the product on the field looked good. Um, he really loved his time in Florida State. He loved FAMU. It was, you know, I don't want to say a done deal because obviously it's not. But, you know, it's the feeling was is that if Florida State had success on the field under Willie Tiger that he would be here. Florida State has not had success and Oregon has uh has started to trend with uh with Thibodeau and there's really no uh you know he doesn't plan on getting back to Tallahassee anytime soon according to uh multiple reports. So he's you know I, at this point I think I still have my crystal ball on him. I'm probably going to change it to Oregon uh right after this. Just because I don't, you know, if Florida State's took their shot early in the season and then just didn't didn't do anything with it, um, just because they haven't been able to uh, do anything on the field. Um, Evan Neal, obviously, he's a he's a long shot at this point. Miami, uh, Alabama, he he believes. I mean, he believes that Alabama can come in and 
and he he can go there and become an NFL offensive tackle, and I can't blame him at all for believing that. Um, obviously, apparently his mother wants him to go to Miami, so I Florida State's got a lot of work to do. We'll have to wait and see if that happens. Um, but getting him back up for an official visit will be huge. He he came for a an unofficial visit for Clemson, or uh, yeah, for Clemson and. We'll have to see if uh, you know his his shot at immediate immediate playing time at Florida State is going to help him out. Cardell Thomas officially visited Florida State. That dude's going to LSU. You know, he talked a little bit about George Pickens. About you know he's they're committed to Auburn. He has a really good relationship with Sam Howell. Um, we'll have to wait and see. He's coming in for an official visit, I believe, for the Florida game. Will Putnam's going on an official visit to Clemson this week. Auburn, Clemson, and Florida State are all right there. Uh, it's not a good sign that Putnam didn't commit to Florida State over the summer and then just hasn't, you know, that's that's lingered. We'll have to wait and see. I still have my crystal ball on Florida State, but I'm not sure if uh, if he's going to end up in Tallahassee at this point. Uh, Tyler Davis, I flipped my Florida State crystal ball to Clemson. You know, Davis wants to go play for a winning program right now, and that's not Florida State. He loves Odell, but it's just, you know, he, he's he's going to go make his own decision and uh, not, you know, he, he really doesn't want to play for a team that's, that's not going to be competitive. And that's that's basically where Florida State is right now. So, you know, Florida State's down to the backup, uh, backup plans at linebacker Lee Pogba out of, uh, out of North Carolina. He decommitted from, from West Virginia, I believe. And, um, you know, Florida State's got to get him on campus, but... You know, he's a guy that they might be able to jump in on um, later, you know, that they've been able to jump in on late in the cycle. They need at least a couple more linebackers. Maybe they go the Juco route. I'm not really sure. The Juco um, Juco offensive line, you know, offers have started to go out. Florida State offered uh, offered Dewan Jones, a fast-rising offensive tackle out of Indiana. They offered, um, he's, a, he's a high school kid, but they also offered, um, Desmond Bland, who's a, uh, a JUCO offensive tackle. There's talk of bringing Josh Ball back. I absolutely hate that idea, um, and I'll cross that bridge if Florida State actually gets there and tries to make that happen, but I'm not going to speculate on that now. But that'll do it for this segment of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. I'll be back answering some questions about Florida State and Florida State's recruiting class, so make sure to stay tuned for that. Thanks for sticking with me as we head into this uh, this final segment of today's Locked On Seminoles podcast. I have uh, got a few questions, um, and we'll we'll have to uh, I'm gonna have to cut these short, you know, give short answers because I did run over um, run over on time in the second segment talking about recruiting. You know, uh, the first question is what player that FSU just missed on recruiting would most help this team. Uh, easy answer seems to be Devin Bush, but who else? I would put Alex Leatherwood as the player that Florida State missed on, you know, even even over Devin Bush that that really could make this make this team better. I mean, Leatherwood was one of the top offensive tackles in the country. He was just down the road. He played for Charlie frickin' Ward, and Florida State didn't offer him until after Alabama. The kid kept a chip on his shoulder because Florida State wasn't the first team to offer him and uh, really never got over it and ended up at Alabama. If Florida State had been the first team to offer, then they um, then they probably would have landed him. 
but they didn't, and now he's playing at Alabama. And, you know, he's a guy that I think could really be helping this offensive line. He's extremely talented. So I would say that Alex Leatherwood even over uh, Devin Bush. Um, the second question is about recruiting. And I talk, uh, I talked about, you know, I talked about all those. Uh, so, no, no mercy. I, uh, I discussed that all of your questions in the second segment. So I'm not gonna, you know, repeat myself and go over those again. And then, um, last, uh, well, one another question is where's Carlos Becker and is George Campbell healthy? Uh, Becker has been injured. Becker is always injured. Becker is always going to be injured. He's basically a figment of your imagination at this point. He doesn't actually exist on the roster. I haven't seen him at practice. Um, you know, we, we don't get to see the injured guys very often, but he hasn't, he hasn't practiced and you know, that that's been the case since he arrived at Florida state. So I don't expect him to contribute really ever at this point because he's, you know, he's just constantly injured, and he hasn't proven that he can stay on a football field. I uh, don't know what the exact issue with was George Campbell. He basically came out of nowhere uh, to Notre Dame. Everybody in the press box was surprised, and then he was wearing a non-contact jersey on Tuesday, but was that back out there practicing with the second team on Wednesday? I don't understand. I, I don't. I don't know what happened there. Um, I don't understand him starting or him getting more targets than Tamari Terry or why DeAndre Francois continued to go back to him. Um, despite not having success against Notre Dame, but uh, that's basically the only answer I have. I have no idea where he's been, and I have no idea why he's starting to play now or earned a starting spot. Um, the final question is, if 12 stays, if DeAndre Francois stays, does uh, James Blackman transfer? Does Howell not come? Um, basically, I, I I don't know. I mean, they're going to, I think everybody's going to stay and try and compete for a job. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think it affects Howell too much because, you know, we'll have to wait and see, but I think Howell comes in and competes for that job. I think it's an open competition from, you know, from the moment that that, uh, that that ends. I mean, you know, Willie Taggart this year has basically said that he, you know, he believes DeAndre Francois is his guy. I don't understand that. I think James Blackman should be the starter. I've said it multiple times. I think the team believes that James Blackman should be the starter. And I think, yeah. Just gonna leave 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 that one alone um, for now. I've I've discussed it so much over the past few weeks that's um, that I don't need to beat it to death anymore. Um, you know, I think Sam Howell will still be here as long as Walt Bell's here. That's his dude. You know, he, Walt Bell was his first offer at Maryland. He's been on him the longest, and they have a really good relationship. So I do believe that as long as Walt Bell's at Florida State, that Sam Howell will be here um, in Tallahassee. So. I don't know that it, that it matters, but I do think that's going to be an open competition between every, any and every quarterback on the roster in uh, in the spring, you know, trying to figure out who can run this offense the best. But that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, I'll be back again on Friday giving my prediction for the Florida State-Boston College game. Will Florida State get that get that fifth win and set themselves up for a winner, you know, a winner go home game against Florida, basically. So uh, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. If you have, make sure to like, share, favorite, do whatever you do on your favorite podcast site to let you know when the next one comes out. And make sure to tell uh, any of your friends that are Florida State fans about the podcast. I would really, I would really appreciate that, and I appreciate all the support that you guys have given me. Um, but that's going to do it for the Locked On Seminoles podcast. I'm Wayne McGahey the Third. 
Have a wonderful day.